Boom. 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 One, two, three. Here we are. Here we are. What is it? It's the uh, middle of February? It is. Middle of it February. Is. It is. Uh, this is the episode before our anniversary episode. Yeah, I was going to say, we were just talking about that. It's coming up on the... On the big two. The big two, <laughs> which we will, <laughs> it's more than a lot of podcasts it is, can it say. It is, it is, you know, two years, two years. We're going to be in the terrible twos now. The duoversary. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were just talking a little bit about tea and herbal tea and the qualities thereof. Yeah. I was about to get into a rant about what herbal tea should contain. What do you, so the setup, uh, we drink a lot of tea. We do. Um, and there are advantages in the middle late part of the day to decaf. Mm. So like herbal teas. I mean, so we'll do, I'll do, I'll do like some green tea during the day. Mm-hmm. And what do we got up there in the stash? We got some PG tips. We got some Earl Grey, mm-hmm. standard traditional teas. But then we have all of these we herbal. Chai. We have a chai. Yeah. We have all these herbal teas. Mm-hmm. And uh, some get consumed at a faster rate than others. Yes. And some of our teas are donations and donations are appreciated. But Very much also... So. I think a lot of times people donate what they are not consuming in their house. <laughs> Which right? is why it's being donated, right? Yes. It's the, it's the goodwill of tea. Yeah. You know? So we have some that I think we're going to have to like, as people start coming to this space, we're going to have to start promoting it. Like, yeah. oh, here's this exciting blueberry thing. Wouldn't yeah. you like to drink it? Because we sure as heck aren't. Today we're showcasing the... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Please take some with you if you'd like. Yeah. Um, uh, we're drinking it down pretty good, though. But what do you like in an herbal tea? What are you looking for? I'm a simple man with this. You know, um, I think my favorite these days is uh, hibiscus. Yes. Hibiscus I is have pretty heard you say that. I have one at home. I didn't bring it in because I'm hoarding it. Ah. Um, and it is like straight 100% hibiscus. And it's like, that is red. Yeah. I mean, that is super red. And it's kind of tart, a little bit fruity. Yep. Um, it's quite good. But there's a, and it's like one of the better hibiscus teas that I've enjoyed. Nothing we mentioned by name is supporting us or whatever in this podcast, right? Um, it's like Safeway has this Safeway Organics Berry Blend, which is hibiscus and some other stuff. And it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. But it's it's mainly hibiscus, you know, kind of yeah. on the front end of it. And I, I enjoy that. Peppermint's good, uh-huh. but not as much as I would think it would be. I do like a nice chamomile, though, I found. Mm, interesting. I do not like uh, Ruibus. Yeah. That's not, we, I'm not a fan. Yeah. We share this. We share this quality. Yeah, it's like, it, I appreciate that it's a fine tea that people enjoy, but I don't think the f- flavor profile is for me. So I had this one tea that I've only had once, but I'm like, obs- well, no, that's not true. I've had it twice. I had exactly two tea bags of it, mm. and I'm in love with it. Um, so I think I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger and order some more. What it is, is it? spearmint and orange. That sounds good. Yeah. And then it's like, and other spices, yeah, which I think good. is probably mostly, probably a little bit of a sentiment action. Right. But, right. Um, right. Like spearmint is my favorite of the mints. Not peppermint. No. Interesting. Why do you think that is? I think it's overdone. Peppermint's in everything. It's, I think of it more of a candy situation. Yeah, and it's a little syrupy. Like, I don't know. Well, I uh, think of it in syrupy terms. Like, it's just... Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Like, so. don't get me wrong. I love peppermint tea. I will drink it. But if I had to choose between peppermint and spearmint, 
spearmint all day long. The fewer things in tea, the better, I think. So, so look at some of these herbal teas. There's like 15 things in it. I'm like, I don't know. For a little while, I was ordering loose tea from a major tea distributor that had many complicated blends. Right. Um, and I found that I had to stop ordering from there because I don't really want a bunch of stuff in my tea. Right. Like, right. Um, least of all, like sugar or stevia. Yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. What I need is tea. Yeah. What I'm thinking about tea, I'm not looking for something sweet. Yeah. Necessarily. I'm sort of a, I'm a kind of a purist. I talk to, <laughs> you know, it's like what I like in my coffee is coffee and hot water. And yeah. Uh, Occasionally oat milk I have done, which is fine. But yeah, I don't like a lot of stuff. I usually put honey in it, like at home. I have. Yeah. I have. Um, but I don't bring honey to the workplace because honey can be a sticky situation. It can be, if gone wrong. Yeah. If gone wrong, it's Sometimes certainly when be. gone right. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. So there you have it. That's... Um, well, thanks. It's been another exciting <laughs> episode. <laughs> tea with Talk Paul about and tea Sherry. for five minutes, right? Yep. Uh, NPR be damned, right? Yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, tea seems like such an innocuous thing, except I think really good beverages help accomplish so much. And we were talking oh, about totally. this. Um, we're hosting a tea next week, uh -huh. which, which we probably ought to advertise. Um, well, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> the, yeah. But, like, um, we've been just having a lot of people uh, hang out with us and have a, have a warm beverage. Yeah. And I think so much work gets done just over simple things like a cup of tea and some good company. Yeah. And especially, yeah, that's been interesting. I mean, a lot of the progress that we've made on a lot of like personal stuff, work stuff, um, classroom stuff, you know, how to like on all levels of the, I mean, we work at an institution of higher education, right? Um, yeah. Just like in all aspects of what we feel like has been lost in the pandemic, especially with higher ed, is is rediscovered and found again. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's just come over. Let's have a cup of tea and have a chat on yeah. a Thursday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon or whatever. Um, even and that can just be like, oh, we haven't seen you for a while. Let's come on by and have a cup of tea. Or it can be like actual like scheduled meeting, where do you want to do it? It's like, well, let's have a cup of tea over right. in the whatever room and, and kind of go from there. Um, and it seems to be universally enjoyed. It does. I mean, we had a, we had a meeting this morning with some folks mm -hmm. and it's like, I had a cup of tea. I think you had a cup of tea. Other you people brought, brought other, other beverages. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, and so, you know, the, the conversations we were sort of having the other day were about, um, how do you get people to feel comfortable coming to campus again and mm -hmm. mass sort of in a, to pre pandemic levels? I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, so let's do a potluck. Let's do, you know, Ugh. let's do, yeah. And so, um, the old tried and true methods of, of bribery and coercion that got people together for a particular thing don't seem to be working or they don't resonate. Yeah. You know, but Let's start with tea. Let's start with tea. Like the simplicity of let's just have a cup of tea and let's just let's just do that. Just come yeah. come on over, have a cup of tea. We'll have a chat and see what happens. And let's start there with absolutely no real agenda whatsoever yeah. than having a cup of having a cup of tea. Absolutely. Um, and I think sometimes we just need that sort of the unstructured nature of tea um, can sometimes just like oh, 
it's not a meeting. It's just tea. It's just tea. It's just tea. Um, and so because there isn't an agenda, I think there's space for creativity and just no, to totally. see where things go. Totally. Um, so I think that's really nice. I used to host um, Tiny Desk Tea. You did. And it was a my, rager. It was. Um, but it wasn't COVID friendly because I would pack. At all. I mean, it also probably wasn't in compliance with the fire code. Probably, but, yeah, I was going to say, it was not just COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we would pack like, what, 10 people in my tiny little know. office. Um, and Paul would show up to bring me more cups because we always ran out of cups. Yeah, I mean, it would be elbow to elbow in there. Yeah, people, people jockeying spilling out for, into the yeah, hallway. People jockeying for, mm-hmm. for a good spot. And I think that was one of the things that I mourned um, – when COVID hit was the loss of that tea because what I loved about it is that it brought people together, people who might not otherwise talk to each other. Um, there was no agenda, but it was still work ish. It was work adjacent. Yeah. Work, work con constructs and work conversations could arise, mm-hmm. you know, but in an unforced ran into this person in the hallway kind of way, yeah. um, which are much easier and much more joyful then oh, let's schedule a meeting and talk about this thing because we have to whatever, whatever by this time. And um, I think the conversation that we were having the other day was about that's what one of the big things that seemed unnoticeable at the time that was lost mm-hmm. um, when the pandemic started and we all were doing stuff at home is I think we underestimated how many problems or issues or whatever were addressed or solved by accidentally running into somebody in the hallway. Right. And we saw that this week. We had we had someone over for tea um, and someone else happened to stop by our space. Randomly. Randomly. And in the middle of that conversation, uh, one person articulates a need and then the other person's like, oh, I've got those sitting in my office. Yeah, come on right? over and get them. Yeah. And that's like a... That was like a seven hundred dollar problem. Yeah, that was a big one. That was like purchasing requests got yeah <laughs> got work arounded. You know, worked yeah, around because yeah, and so we're able to make better use of things that are already available. And I mean, it's just it's sort of perfect. Um, but it's it's such an interesting thing because on the like if you look at what that event was, we could bill it as a waste of time. Yeah. Right. right. Um, we were not grading or or emailing or whatever else we do at this. But like that collaboration, I think, led to one person deciding to join another activity. Right. Uh, another person feeling like she had support on campus. And. um, I don't know what else, but I mean, those, well, I mean oh, both, and we saved the college money. And we saved the college money, and um, the person who had the the resources didn't know what to do with these things anyway, so they were just trying to get rid of them. So it's like one person's trash is another person's treasure here. Yeah. We roped one into a different activity. The other one got their needs met. The co- I mean, it's like everybody came out of that yeah. a winner. What did you and I get out of this? Well, we had a lovely cup of tea with some awesome friends. You know what we ought to do? <laughs> I just thought of this, like... We ought to hold, um, not necessarily in this space, because this isn't what this is for, but right. um, I think it would be fun to hold a, like, a stuff swap. Like, what's the stuff you have sitting around oh, your yeah, office right. that you don't want? And, like, you just bring it all out, and you just you take something, sale. leave something. Garage sale. We yeah. could certainly do it. Well, I mean, you could do that, actually. You could just kind of put people's stuff on the table, you know, donate on Thursday, come by on Friday. Yeah. Have a cup of tea and the, you know, stuff swap. Yep. 
first come, first served, you know. But then what yeah. do you do if nothing get if something doesn't get taken? Yeah, I guess a big it, trash can right over there. Well, you know, there's also the Goodwill <laughs> or the whatever. Goodwill, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, it's an interesting... Yeah, it was interesting. So, I mean, there's no way we could have engineered all the outcomes of what happened during that, that conversation yesterday. Yeah. If we had tried. Right. You know, just like, hey, we haven't seen you. Well, come over and get some tea. And the rest of it was sort of left to happenstance of the universe and serendipity. And yeah. it was like, oh, that was great. Yeah. Well, I think part of it is, you know, it's so hard. Like we all have needs, various different needs. And so sometimes we can spend so much energy just trying to figure out what are the resources I have to meet my needs where, and like really breaking outside of what is the need and what are the normal ways of getting needs met to, well, what else is there? Right. Yeah, right. Like we, you know, I had no idea that, you know, she had a need for what she had yeah, a I need didn't either. for, right? Um, Why would she tell? I mean. Right. Um, but it's almost like, wouldn't it be nice if communities had like a wish list? Like, I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. Just kind yeah. of like a swap, uh, a free cycling swap board kind yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah next door, I guess. Is what, <laughs> is what, yeah. But like campuses could use this kind of thing yeah, as well. Yeah, we really could. You know, because how often that has happened where. Yeah. And when people keep walk into this space and they say, wow, you know, Nova spent some money on this. And it's like, nope, not a, not a dime, not, not a, a dime. dime, you know? Yeah. It was what was laying around in some donations of tea. Yep. You know, it was pretty much the, the extent of it. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. I bought a table. No, oh, yeah, you bought a table. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, there's a bunch of stuff in here that I had laying around the house that's like, hey, you know what, I'm just going to take it in and because we, we can use it for something good there. Yep. Yeah. You know, which is kind of neat. So, but I oh, mean, uh, well, I was just going to say, I think like at the center of this is like the, the affordances of serendipity. Yeah. Like as much as we try to plan for and make things happen, like serendipity is, it's just incredible, serendipitous, right? Serendipitous. Yeah. 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 Totally. We should totally. title our tea that serendipity. Faculty uh, serendipity. Yeah. You know. You were gonna say something. I don't remember what it was. Oh. Um oh, um in a lot of uh in, in some uh, religious traditions there are others like so it's like some some cultural traditions like, oh my god, this catastrophe is going on. I don't know what to do. You know, my life is a disaster. Mm-hmm. Let's start with tea. Let's have some tea. You know, just just sit down and have a cup of tea. Yeah. So often, uh, the best thing to do is like nothing. It's mm -hmm. like this urge that we talk about so often to get up and do something to solve our problems, and you know this, you know, rush into action, even if it's not productive. At least you're doing something about it. You yeah. know, to to sit to just kind of sit around and do nothing when the when the catastrophe is ongoing is unacceptable in our culture. And that's not true for every culture, though. A lot of times it's like something like really awful is going down, something really tough is going down. Sure, there are times when action is urgently called for. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times uh, more more wise action can come from just like just sit down and have a cup of tea. You know, it's like let things settle a little bit. Give time, a little bit of time. Yeah. Miraculous things can happen when nothing is planned and we're just going to sit down and have a cup of tea and see what sort of happens. And more often than not, just like what we saw the other day, solutions sort of present themselves. Yeah. Or the reconciliation of pivoting. Uh, what, what I thought was going to happen is not the way that it's going. Instead, this other thing that isn't so great is happening. I'm just, I'm just going to hang out for a second and have a cup of tea before I do anything at all. Mm-hmm. 
you know, not only should you, if you're going to send that email when you're angry, write it, but don't send it. It's like, write it, have a cup of tea, revisit. What if you had a cup of tea before you wrote it? Yeah. Have a cup of tea, write it, stop writing it after two sentences because you realize you're not even, you don't need to write it. You'd save a lot of time down the line. Yeah. And angst if you just kind of pause, have a cup of tea, let things settle a little bit. And it's not like... Pause, have a cup of tea, think about it, meditate on it, really kind of mull it over a little bit. It's like, no, just have a cup of tea. Yeah. Literally do nothing. Right. You know, it's like, uh, what kind of tea am I going to, you know, just completely shift gears into tea mode with no expectation. And, you know, by the end of the cup of tea, you might not even remember what it is that you're trying to do. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on the thing, but um, I think for me, and I don't know, you know, some, maybe some people aren't like this. I some people hate tea, I'm sure. Um, the television show, uh, Ted Lasso, like they're right. always making fun of the fact that Ted doesn't like tea. But like, I think I associate tea with comfort. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so hot, you kind of have to drink it slow. So I think, you know, it's simple, but it does, it, you know, it kind of forces a pause you know even you know if you're gonna blow on it to make it cooler like this is forcing you to you know yeah take a deep breath in blow it out you know um it's simple but yeah i think why not tea it's a contemplative beverage isn't it Uh, it is it is it's a contemplative beverage um yeah it it has uh, some associations with calmness and wellness and Mm-hmm. And uh, all that kind of stuff. It's like, I'm going to do some yoga and have a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm going to do some yoga and have a three espressos. You well, know, it's like it doesn't. Yeah, no, that's a little different. Well, I it's interesting. I was talking to a friend recently who um, had noticed that when she got home from work, she tended to, you know, like a lot of people do, crack open a beer or, you know, have a glass of wine, right? As soon as she got home. And some of us on this podcast right now do that right? oftentimes. Right, right? yeah. Um, so instead she decided like she was going to start with tea. So she was going to go home and she was going to have a cup of tea and then she'd see how she felt. And what she discovered is after the cup of tea, like something had transpired. Mm. Right. And so then Mm -hmm. like, so it wasn't that she needed alcohol. It's that alcohol was the habit. Right. Right. And so, um, and I, love myself some alcohol but it's it it is interesting to ask like what is this habit and what else will meet the need right and sometimes a cup of tea cup of tea can do it we consume a lot of tea in this space though we do uh we do it's like like i said we we're burning through some of those boxes of tea up there right so there are others we are not burning yes others that have uh that may be older than uh we might think yeah it's true it's a true. Museum of tea up in up in here. I think we're learning about what we do and don't like as tea. Though. Yeah, I've always liked a good green tea, though. You know, the green goes pretty good. Yep. Uh, the, some some of them don't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So just that, I think that that feeling of calmness that people articulate sometimes when they come into the space, it's like. The expectation is you're going to get a cup of tea, almost. People like just people come in just to get a cup of tea. Yeah, you know, swing by, grab a cup of tea, right? Like hang out for a second and go kind of do whatever. And I'm all I'm all for it. And sometimes one thing I find really interesting is sometimes people will swing through this space um, just to get hot water. Like they'll already have yeah. their own tea bag. Maybe they even have a kettle in their office. And this is the thing: is I have a kettle in my office. Yeah, I do too. You yeah, have I a kettle too. in your office. Um, but I still come here 
And this maybe relates to the episode we had not too long ago about like the place where work gets done. Yeah. Um, one of the things I've started doing is like leaving my office, coming over here and making tea and looking out the window over the, the parking lot um, and just pausing. Right. right. Like um, especially like right after I teach, like just to kind of just to kind of check in and be like, you know, it's funny. We've spent so much time inviting people to tea. Part of that is like me inviting me to tea. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause we can include ourselves in this. Yeah. Like, uh, when's the last time you took yourself out to tea? Oh boy. I don't even know. Maybe or yeah, yesterday. And yesterday. Had, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, after I had class yesterday, I had a cup of tea, mm-hmm. you know, um, you did. But then you called me, so it doesn't count. Yeah, well, I had half a cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) I drink the first half of a lot of things. I read the first half of books. I drink the first half of tea. You're a first half kind of guy. Yeah, I am a first half kind of guy. I get halfway through. Well, tea is the same way as a a book. I get about halfway through, and it's like, "Ah, I know how this is going to end. I see where this is going. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, I got to figure it out. You know what I tend to be halfway on um, is fizzy waters. Oh, yeah, I'm not halfway on those. those I know you aren't, yeah. yeah I, I, I have all of those. I'll start one, and then I forget about it. Yeah. And then um, usually, like, especially at home, I'll go home, crack one open, drink about half of it, and then the next morning, it'll still be sitting beside my chair. And I don't know if you've ever tried to drink a, a unfizzied fizzy water. Oh, yeah. They're disgusting. It's not as good. <laughs> yeah, not as good. Um, you have a lot of half half cans of fizzy water at your at your yeah. house, you know. It's like in the movie. What is that? Signs. Signs. Yeah. All the right. Glasses, right. Of all glasses of water laying around. Yep. But yeah, I that's have funny. fizzy water. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what is the what is the the thing that tea tea does? I mean, why tea? I wonder. You know, it is nice, warm, soothing. It is kind of hot. Mm-hmm. Um, iced tea. It never really got into, but people do. I grew up with a lot of iced tea. Um, I grew up with a lot of sun tea. My dad would do that. Mm-hmm. My dad would make sun tea. Um, but growing up, we always had... I'm making a face. I was going to say, say, there's it. a look on Cherry's face yeah. as she says this. <laughs> um, we always had crystal light tea that basically, like, you buy these little powder tubs. Oh, I remember them. Yeah, I remember right? those. And you dump them into a thing and you shake it up. And so we always had, like, that tea with, like, lemon... And pink lemonade, always in the fridge. Um, and so, pink lemonade is just lemonade with pink food coloring in. Is that correct? I'm not sure if that's correct. I think that there are pink lemons. I don't buy that for a second. Now, the Crystal Light business, no <laughs> lemon ever came yeah, near that there situation. Was, there was a lemon in the lemonade. Right? Yeah, citric that, acid. It's and, a citric yeah. acid and pink food coloring. Pink food I'm sure. Coloring, yeah. Um. But I don't know. I don't think we'll have to Google this at some point. I think there is pink lemonade. Who would do it? This is like um, red velvet cake, right? Yeah, it's just chocolate cake. Right, it's just chocolate cake. But it's better. Tons of red food coloring in it. There's a quality that red food coloring brings to chocolate cake that is unmistakable and positive. Yeah, Uh, I don't know about that. Um, But uh, yeah, tea is particular. Tea is particular. Tea, it is. Yes, so I have just Googled pink lemons, and I would like you to know that pink lemons exist. There's no way that pink lemonade is lemonade from a pink lemon, though. I, I just cannot believe that Crystal Light or 
who or Country Time or whoever the lemonade makers are are harvesting like zillions of pink lemons. Oh, to I, make absolutely, but. <laughs> That does not mean that pink lemonade cannot be made with yeah, pink guess, lemons. Pink lemons exist, and one could it. make pink lemonade. I, I mean, grapefruit, of course, right? But lemonade, I don't know. I don't know. What I used to do, because I'm going to look a, into where I can buy a bunch of pink lemons, right, and then I'm going to make you pink lemonade. You might pay about five bucks a pop for them, though. It'll be worth it. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> can't go out to eat this month because I bought, you know, 12 bought pink, <laughs> le- pink lemons for. <laughs> Three hundred dollars at Williams Sonoma. <laughs> to make Paul half a cup of pink lemonade. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was like take a drink. No, nah, I don't like it. Sir, it. <laughs> you will drink it, and we'll you will it like if it. You like it or not? Uh, as this episode is about tea, um, strategies for the finer things uh, in a workplace environment. So I do like Earl Grey. Mm. Um, it, it's of course it's a it's a black tea with bergamot. Yes. In it, right? So you can it's sort smell of the bergamot. Yeah, so that's the sort of the thing. Traditionally s- served with lemon. Yes. That is the traditional treatment for the Earl Grey tea. Um, I always really um, found quite acceptable the uh, the little real lemon packets. You know, mm. kind of little powdered lemon. It comes like a 10-pack or a 20-pack. Not as cheap as my thing, but not bad. It's like three bucks or a box of them. Hmm. I'd keep some of those in my desk, and it's like I could do a proper Earl Grey with lemon. And it was, it was pretty good. Hmm. It was pretty good. I think it... I think it like really is like lemon juice that has been desiccated and, and packagized. Yeah. But it was it was pretty good. So it's like I don't have a lemon, but I do have an, a real lemon powdered yeah. lemon pack, which was you, you could to the extent where it's like it was pretty similar. It's like you really couldn't tell too much of a difference there. Yeah. Well, it's probably I mean, it's just like dehydrated onion. Yeah. 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 Situation. It, was, it was pretty good. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I almost never put lemon in my tea unless i am sick yeah lemon or honey or something like that yeah like for some reason lemon plus honey plus tea equals i must have the flu yeah that that is a common thing that is a common thing so even people who don't drink a lot of tea when feeling illness right oftentimes reach for it yeah and uh, that sometimes is the only time that they do yeah so that's curious as well it's almost like the the only time you eat chicken soup is when you, yep. When you do, you know, the only time you really drink tea is when you have a head cold or the flu yeah. or whatever it is. So what's going on there? I mean, because you could just it's comfort again, do, yeah. And so like, there's this comfort associated with tea, yeah, that you don't get with any other drink. You know, so well, I think I get that particular comfort also with a hot toddy, but you right, know. right, which has as its base tea, tea, yeah. Um, so I, th- I wonder if there's something biochemical going on, though. You know, because it's like having a... What having are you, a, a biologist? Yeah, I don't Sorry. know. Yeah, weirdo. <laughs> um, so it's like having a having a drip coffee machine with a pot of coffee, and it just it doesn't do the thing. Maybe it's the ritualization of making it. It might be. You know? The other thing I like, which I know has absolutely no purpose, is so... Um, and this is where my husband and I very much defer on the making of tea. I will leave my tea bag in for the entirety of my drinking experience. Yeah, I do as well. Yeah, and I will just keep bobbing the tea bag, which doesn't do anything, right? Like it is not necessary for no. the steeping. No. Um, but I find the I find the ritual You're adding to the qualities of, yes. of the experience, right? Yeah, I feel like I'm contributing. A lot of times, I'll take the string off. Mm. For I don't know why. 
Okay. You know, it's like pop the string. It's like. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. But I mean, I, I do prefer the tees that don't have the string and the yeah. little tag on them. So it's like a lot of times if there is one, it's like, well, that, I'm taking that off, you know, which means sometimes I actually tear the tea bag and I end up with like chunks of tea leaves, which oh, is fine because I love a good loose leaf tea as well. I do too. Um, but I usually strain mine. I don't always. Interesting. I have to say, yeah, sometimes it's like when I when I do a green tea, I'll, I'm old school, you know, um, a little bit with it. And it's like green tea leaves in the in the cup, water on top, you know, and part of the fun is drinking around the tea leaves. Hmm. And they really taste, so it's like every once in a while you like, I used to have this reputation in class. Because there was this one semester I was drinking a lot of green tea. Um, the my Cha, the roasted, roasted rice, yeah. know, green tea. Oh, yeah. And uh, super good, kind of nutty, roasty, mm-hmm. Ooh, so good. And I just had this big bag of it. And so I'd like put a spoonful of loose leaf tea in the cup and like pour the water and off the class I went. And students would say that they, they knew when I was getting low on tea because it would there would be more chewing. Right? <laughs> I, would, I would start, it's like, why are you chewing your tea? It's like, well, the leaves, of course, right? <laughs> um and uh, yeah, it was really good. So you just kind of. And this from the guy who gave me shade for eating my sunflower seeds whole. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Oh, I've never heard of that. Well, you never heard of pink lemons either. Yeah, I never. You're heard You're learning of pink a lot today, Paul. As hopefully our, our dear listeners. Yes, right? our dear uh, listeners to... are maybe also thinking I'm yes, disgusting because so so I was eat. That? I didn't think you were disgusting. I was just like shocked at the phenomenon. I was like, I watched your face. You know, you have to. <laughs> yeah, you had this like you were like ooh ooh. I will not mansplain this to her. Yeah, what did you I see, say? It's like, I think, you know, you have to take the shell off of those, right? You're like, like, nope. Nope. The nutritional facts even prepare for it. Yeah, they sure do. So that was news to me. That was news mm-hmm. to me. But, you know, I'm a good sunflower seed fan as well. Well, that's why you that know? bag was purchased. Yeah, that's good. I'm a, I'm a good fan myself. And Well, how do you eat them? I gr- grab a handful, shove it in my craw, you know, and like spit the shells out and eat the lovely kernel within, you know, almost. How do you do that when it's a whole handful? Well, I mean, it's not a big hand. I mean, it's not like a big (laughs) hand. I mean, it's like grab some, shove it in my face. Right, but how do you, how can you distinguish what is shell and what is kernel? Mm. Practice. Well, it it turns into a, well, you could say that for anything. Paul gave me the smuggest look when he said practice. Practice. Yeah, I mean, you do it. Couple of times and it's all good. Um, better for you than chewing tobacco. Yes, you know, which I've never no. been into like at all. But a lot of folks will take up that uh, sunflower seeds when they're trying to yeah. wean themselves from the from the backy. Uh, mm-hmm. It's less mouth cancer. Yeah, less that mouth seems cancer good. with sunflower seeds. Yeah, um, but very comforting nonetheless. So it's like you know, pops have been on the drive home. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So they're, they're they're like little disposable cups of sunflower seed shells laying around <laughs> laying around the house, which doesn't always go over too well with the you know other people who live in my house. You know? I bought you a bag knowing like I don't to, have to, to live grab, with you. Yeah, trying to grab you know grab a cup for for tea, and it's like there's spit out sunflower shells in the in the, in the cup. I like, guess. Yeah, sorry. You know what? See if you ate them whole, you wouldn't. Yeah, have it would be problem. a problem. Yeah, yeah it would you be just a problem. dispose of your own evidence. To, I don't know if I'm about to start doing that though. We'll see. Uh, you know. I might try it once, but... Yeah, it give it a me. whirl. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. No pressure. Yeah, right. I have no, I have no stake in this. Of course. You, yeah, of course. Yeah, 
It'd be interesting. Paul, you'll eat them my way. Yeah. But yeah, your face was priceless when I just, so I threw them on my salad earlier and he just like looked at me like, yeah, like, you know, (laughs) like I just ate like like a whole edamame. What's going on there? Yeah. What's going on over here? It's like, (laughs) I've never seen this done before. Yeah. This is something new. I am delighted that you got to learn something new about me today. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Mm -hmm. Me too. Ah, uh, yes. Me too. The other thing, I feel like this is just a, like, what food have we been yeah, I know. consuming like, in this room um, episode? Um, the sugar cubes don't get a lot of action. No, but when the students came, yeah. the students gave them a lot of action. Um, today, I brought the Royal Dance cookies. Yeah, those are pretty tasty as well. And I brought them for our meet- morning meeting, and I noticed, like, I was excited about them, and no one else at the table seemed that delighted happens. by them. Which I was like, fine. I'm not cracking them open. Yeah, more for us. More for us. Yeah, I knew you'd be excited. For yeah, but them. we did bring in a couple of can- a couple of boxes of fizzy water, though, because we do go through some fizzy water as well. We sure do. We go through some fizzy water as well. It's good to stay hydrated. It is, especially in winter. Especially in winter, it's been dry. I think that's the other thing with tea is like, um, I think it helps. Like, yeah, helps with hydration. Yeah. Although, wait, is I guess some teas are a diuretic. Some are probably. Yeah. Well, the caffeinated ones, I would think. What a strange episode this is. Yeah, I know. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is. But again, there's like this, this still kind of goes back into this. How, hmm. what, do, what do people sort of need and what are people really looking for? Yeah. And, you know, trying to engineer experiences that people find deep and meaningful and profound are awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and they have a place and they can be well. We do this ourselves. We're doing one tomorrow yeah. mm-hmm. um, on compassionate classrooms. And uh, so we took a chunk of time today sketching that out, what it's going to look like and all that kind of cool stuff. But I think it, it kind of gets into the, you don't have, people don't have to try as hard as they think that they really do mm-hmm. in order to provide a meaningful experience where amazing things can happen. We don't have to do this ungodly complex complicated provide everything for everyone you know massive resource massively expensive we need infrastructure and resources to do this so we're going to do this big complicated thing get a water kettle and some tea and some old mugs you know and perhaps more will happen there than you did if you filled everybody's time and heads with things that were imposed on them mm-hmm. so it's like we we can try to engineer these experiences that do cool stuff but what if we just had a couple of folks and say hey come over and have a cup of tea love to have a chat and catch up and nine problems get solved within the span of 10 minutes you know yeah. that people have so it's like you're more likely to solve your problem just by going and having a cup of tea a lot of times than you are by you know wrang- wringing your hands over a solution and Getting back to this notion of that's what was lost in the pandemic, I think a lot of the exhaustion, I was mentioned this the other day, I think a lot of the exhaustion that a lot of people felt when they, you know, when when institutions of higher education, but like work as well, shut down and everybody sort of went home and quarantined and no nobody's going into the office and nobody's going into the campus or anything like that. Everybody was sort of left to do those things on their own that got solved sort of without effort in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And what really became noticeable is how much stuff actually gets solved by itself in the hallway through random interaction or convenience or availability. Right. Because every little thing that you needed was something that you had to ask for and resource and f- 
type stuff and send an email and wait for a reply and all of that kind of stuff. And we didn't pay attention to all of those millions of different interactions all the time uh, before the pandemic, but the pandemic all of a sudden they're shoved into the front seat right along with us. Right. And it's like, it's, it's the sheer volume of unanticipated stuff that we never knew that we were going to miss mm-hmm. that we never even paid attention to because they happened by themselves organically that all of a sudden took, uh, took front and center in how we, what we had to do in order to get through the day and to mm-hmm. do our jobs. All the stuff that we used to get little micro help with, we were left to do on our own. Mm-hmm. And um, that made for a lot, of, a lot of burnout, a lot of exhaustion, a lot of stress, a lot of this sense of, oh, what next? Yeah. Um, not knowing what's going to happen from one day to the next because different needs arise that used to get solved all the time in person before they even arose. Mm-hmm. Before they even arose, you know, and the only thing that that happened with the awesome solution that presented itself yesterday, we just happened to have the two people in the room at the same time having a cup of tea mm-hmm. and one of them was totally by accident. Yeah. You know, so it's like that it was like that's what used to happen all the time that the pandemic really stifled because mm-hmm. that doesn't happen if everybody's sitting at home. Because there's no way in hell that that one person would have contacted that other one to find out whether there was a solution already in place that would have cost no money with extraordinary convenience. Well, there's no way. Yeah, I mean, I think that's Stuff true. Stuff would have had to get bought and requisitioned and purchase ordered and all of that. What What's so fascinating about this idea of like gathering around drink is that this, this podcast wouldn't have existed yeah, without Yeah, it started that as a cup of tea, right? Well, or sort of. To it. Yeah, sort of. Well, it started with a drink at the bar, like which you and I wouldn't have decided to ever sit down at a table. Which was not our fault. No. I mean, we didn't plan that. Yeah, but we both got invited somewhere. Yeah. And we showed up. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this guy's not the worst. And then I realized I had a biology thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. So then I think... Did I make you tea in my office when you came? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't I, think so. I'm getting a lot of side eye for that. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking. It's like, I don't think so. No, you definitely. I think I, we just showed up for. I think you. I think you brought a. I brought a fizzy water for all I know. I think you did. <laughs> I think you did. It's been like almost three years. Yeah, it's been it's been a little bit. So it's been. Um. But yeah, and I mean, at that point, you were still interviewing for the job. I didn't know if you were tea-worthy. Right, right, right. Um, Tea-worthy is not a thing. I thought the same thing. Um, (laughs) And uh, so, it's you know, paying attention to so many things that happen in our lives that are just completely serendipitous. Yeah. That could not be planned for in a million years that that turn out positively. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like something random happens and, and something bad came out of it or something hard came out of it. Amazing things happen all the time by pure accident, dumb luck. Yeah. More often, I think, than the opposite. More often, I think, than the negative things. Yeah. For In, in my experience, but that's just me, you know, um, yeah. a little bit. Everybody has to answer that for their own, I guess. But um, what, what I find more than anything else fosters the... the good things happening is giving them a a chance to occur. Uh Right. And so we've sort of adopted this little, probably a little more head, head first, headstrong than most. So if we only want good things to happen, let's do absolutely nothing and 
<laughs> nothing except give them room to show up and uh, show up they do in abundance. Yeah. You know, so it's like, what if, what if we just get, because I think that's a lot of what you and I actually do is what if we just seriously dedicate massive amounts of time and energy to just the spaciousness of letting, letting things happen, whatever they are and letting, and being surprised by them and uh, finding joy and ease and whatever they, they might show up to be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not that we're walking around being lucky all the time. I think we just spend a lot of time and energy. This is going to, it's because it sounds, you sound like a nut when you say it. We spend a lot of time and energy doing nothing and interesting things always happen, right? As a, <laughs> as a result of it. So it's like, can you, can you actually, well, what skills actually lead to random positive outcomes or just like random occurrence of, of, of awesome stuff that is joyful? And it's like, sit around and have a cup of tea and something interesting will happen. Put yourself in the time and the place and give yourself the opportunity for randomness to occur. I feel like there's some sort of reference to like reading the tea leaves here, like yeah, somewhere right. in that. Yeah, but could be. Yeah. Um, I don't know that we spend a lot of time doing nothing though. I think we spend a lot of time going more slowly than other people might. Yeah, that's probably true. I think we slow down more purposefully. And we slow down so much that we need Trello in order to actually organize the <laughs> our day and week. It's like, oh my God, we have like nine things that we're working on. Right? Yeah. We, we slow down so much our days are pretty full. Well, and I mean, I think that... We're, I'm, taking, I'm, I've, I'm taking appointments for next Thursday at this point. It's almost like trying to get into the hairdresser, you know? Right. Well, not I'm, yours. I'm, I'm, but... booked until, I'm booked until next Thursday. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's curious. It is super curious. Like this, this way of being, um, that I think we've cultivated by just paying attention and asking what's important and not trying to control everything. And I think part, such a big part of it is getting okay with the fact that really curious things happen. And just because we don't understand them doesn't mean they're not supposed to be there. Right. 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 Like, so stuff happens all the time and I'm like, huh, that was the weirdest thing I've seen today. I wonder what that means. And I used to rack my brain trying to assign meaning to everything I experienced. Mm. And now I'm just kind of like, well, that was weird. I look forward to figuring out what that's about. Right? Well, I mean, that's how you end up with, you know, CIA plot, Grasser Knoll, JFK, aliens, right? That's where you end up with conspiracy theories, you yeah. know, is the, is the attempt to assign meaning and, and logic to every single thing. Yeah. That's where you end up with agendas and all this other kind of stuff, very little of which is actually actually happening, I think. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's all in the stories we tell ourselves yeah, right, about. Right, right, yeah, right, But I mean, but I think part of the reason that I'm able to like release myself from trying to tell the story is because I feel like at the end of the day, there's a weird way in which the universe operates. Mm-hmm. And there's a unity to how the universe operates. Right, right. And I have 
come to believe that the universe is not trying to destroy me. Yeah. Which right. I didn't grow up thinking. Right. Um, yeah, I didn't grow up thinking that either. Um, I, I didn't grow up thinking that the universe was trying to destroy me. Um, I really don't think I grew up thinking about <laughs> thinking about the universe that much. You know, it's like I don't think I thought much at all when I, <laughs> when, I, when I was grown up. It's like these existential questions didn't come to me until after I realized that a lot of things were not going well and not going easily. And there are significant parts of my life that were just were a goddamn catastrophe. Yeah. What's going on here? It's like, is this something I'm doing? Is this something I'm not doing? Am I not paying attention to the right things? But, you know, just this understanding that, okay, things are not going well and they've not been going well for a while. Um, I don't, Maybe I'll think of why that is or not. Maybe there's meaning and reason I can apply to that or not. But whatever is going on here, I suspect there's probably another way to do things. Mm. Like there's got to be another way. You know, this this cannot – What it, it really was a discernment of what can I take responsibility for and what can I not take responsibility for. Mm. You know, what it, and I don't use the word fault, but it's like what is my fault and what is not my fault? You know, what – and I use the word fault – probably I don't probably don't need to um what do I have agency over that's generating this outcome and what do I not yeah and this is sort of the almost like the um the the Alcoholics Anonymous thing you mm -hmm. know with the you know the wisdom to know the difference between what I can do and what I can't do right and um that's what took me to the cushion yeah I mean that's what got me on the cushion back in the late 90s is I'm gonna you know taking the taking inspiration from from the Buddha and his alignment is like, I'm going to sit here until I figure it out. Right. And, um, I sat there until I figured it out <laughs> and I sat there until I figured it out and it turns out it is figurable, mm -hmm. but it's, it's not about bringing new stuff in. It's about letting stuff go. Right. And, um, what we find is that all we have to do to let stuff go is pay attention. And the fallacy of much that causes suffering evaporates in a puff of smoke, but not all. I mean, there's still, there are still pain points that are just because we live on this earth and this life and this body, there's discomfort in what we what we experience all the time, you know. And we were just talking about this earlier with the compassionate classrooms workshop we're doing tomorrow. There's room for compassion out there, and compassion is important just because bad shit happens to people. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's what this life is. You know, good news. There's good stuff too that's easy and fun and light, but and feels good. But there's also a lot of pain. Yeah. And I don't have to make it worse, and I can actually alleviate some of this, and I can actually bring some compassion to myself to let a lot of this pain that I'm now seeing is kind of self-imposed, not because I'm like actively just being self-destructive towards myself, just because I'm, I'm telling this story that is not true. Well, you know, it's like, it's the, it's the, it's the mindset that's, the, that's, that's causing the suffering here and the actions that come from the mindset right. of animosity and antagonism that is putting me on this path of, of suffering. And so it's like, I'm just gonna, what if I, what if I gave those up? You know, sort right. of let be, let things be what they are right? and play it out from there. Stop trying to do something. Try stop trying to be somebody. Stop trying to ego myself, my way through this, through brute force. What if it's going to let things go right? and show up with the joy, joyfully show up for suffering with compassion for myself and for others and just take it one damn day at a time. Right. You know? Well, I mean, I think I'm there now, but I definitely think. Like, I grew up by no fault of anyone, necessarily. Um, I grew up believing that 
the world was dangerous and that I had to struggle to survive. Like that's, that's, that was like my core. And so because of that, like that way of thinking, like if you believe the world is dangerous and you believe that every day your job is to survive, then you, I mean, it totally shapes how you do everything. Oh, totally. Absolutely. You're totally driven all the time by fear. Yeah, totally. Um, and like fear, concerns about scarcity, um, really deep, deep, deep rooted fears of, um, not belonging or not being accepted because right. like the only way to survive is to be part of the community, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so like, I think when that's where you live, um, every single day, um, is exhausting, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just like everything's super, super difficult. Um, but when I can, when I was able to get to a place where I could understand th- that there's both, right? Like right. there's, there is absolutely right. nothing I can do to avoid suffering and pain. I mean, it's part of life. Part of life, yeah. yeah. Um, but that the world is not inherently pain. Like oh. living in this world is not pain. It, it's complicated, right? right. Um, and so trying to actively choose curiosity over fear, um, I think has been like the biggest mindset shift I've seen in myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you do that? Oh, you flip a switch. It's right in the back yeah, of my right, head. Yeah, that's where it is. That's where it is. Yeah. Like, cause like that's, Cause you know, when I, when I sort of think about my own experience of, you know, going from a being who embraces pain and suffering at all opportunities, whose life is in the, sh- in, the in the shit, um, to who I am today, a lot lighter, a lot more joyful, a lot more mm-hmm. sort of everything, a lot happy, like, like every positive thing you can imagine, more of that now yeah. than I certainly was in hindsight, it like, Oh, it was super easy. All he did, it's like, he's got to flip this little switch and all of a sudden, like all this kind of stuff happens, like. So how did you flip the switch? And I say, well, I sat on a cushion for like eight years. You know? <laughs> and it's like, I, it, in hindsight, it seems easier than it probably was at the time. I have to be honest, you know? Um, so I, I remember using the phrase, you know, hitting rock bottom a couple of times in the, yeah. in the description of it. So it's, it's not like I like, Oh, I'm going to do this now and flip this switch. It's like the, the switch flipped itself because I hit the bottom so hard that mm. uh, it, it it accidentally got got flipped. Or it's like it's not that like I thought you know what there might be another way to do this. I'm going to do this other thing. Um, it's it's abandon all hope, you know, at the at the current way of things because it's like I I can't go on like this the way that it yeah. is. And so it it the switch was flipped out of desperation, not out of you know reason reasoned or logical choice. It's like you know w- when you have nothing left to lose this switch becomes present that it's like, okay, I'm going to try something fundamentally different here. Cause that when, when you talk about it to somebody who's experienced some pain and suffering, but not quite ready to, to make the leap, so to speak, it's like, why would I do that? Why would I, you know, it's like, I don't know. It seems to be working for me pretty well right now. Um, until it's not until it doesn't. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, it seems like a pretty good idea. 
But if somebody's walking around saying, "Oh, you know what? I should meditate. I should. I should. I should. You know, whatever." It's like you're not there. Yeah, you're not there yet. You know, um, it it becomes it, it. That's when meditation becomes like a de-stressing right. practice, which is great. I mean, it works really, really well for that. Um, but then there's this other thing that it can do when you do hit the bottom. Yeah. I think, um, and it's bringing that perspective of being aware of what's present in the moment, every moment that you're in. And, um, there's a switch that gets, get, that gets flipped. And I, I tried this a couple of months. Did I tell you about this? Yeah, you told me it about It was like, this. I forced myself into a mindset of the way sort of that things used to be. I forced myself to the, I forced my ego to be dominant and to want to do all these things to be a better employee and to get advancement, you know, get a raise, blah, 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 kind of stuff. And it's like my body actively was like repulsed and repelled. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like I used to live that way. Now my body is like, you know. No thanks. No thanks. It's like it it, it, it was a full body-wide physical sensation of discomfort. It's yeah. like I, I cannot be there. Well, I cannot be there. So it's, I mean, it's kind of interesting to me how different our experiences with this change are, right? Because like I joke that there's a switch and I didn't experience it as a switch, right? Like Mm. you, sounds like you felt the switch, like as you said, like you hit rock bottom and the flip happened, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could say that in the same way. Like I definitely know where, like I can point to low points. Um, I can, I can delineate the hardest, the harder times of my life. Um, but I think, I think it's been a lot more gradual for me. And, but I think the, like the sort of linchpin in it all was a willingness to get to know myself. Right, 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 right. Right, and to right. be with my own understanding. I, was, I would observe that's probably true. Yeah, and to not run from the truth of my reality. Um, so that was like, I think, pivotal, was like, stop running from yourself. That's hard to do. It is super hard to do. Um, the other thing that I think was pivotal was coming to understand that... Um, I have a brain. I am not my brain. Yeah. I remember when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was huge. Um, and also just realizing that uh, part of this is because of um, having very specific mental health challenges. Um, coming to understand that the landscape of my brain is not what other people experience. And part of that was I took a we took a mental health first aider training. Right, right. And at one point they were demoing what people with certain kinds of concerns would experience. And I realized that's not what someone going through a mental health crisis feels. That's what I feel all day, every day. Yeah, right. And then I was like, Uh oh, oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. Oh. Um, and so, I mean, you remember, cause like, Yesterday was the basically the anniversary of this. Yeah. Um, so like I realized um, like that I needed help and that right. I didn't have to do it as we talked about it. I didn't have to do it on hard anymore. Um, you know, so I got, you know, went went to a therapist, went to a doctor. Later, we are, you know, I've been a year now on an antidepressant. Right. Like for me to do this, to make this shift 
I needed more serotonin in my brain. And yeah. that's just the way it was. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And I think um, you probably saw it. I know Eric saw it. Like once yeah. it, it, that, that was the part that did feel like a flip mm. of a switch is like, as soon as my brain got serotonin, it was just like, Hey, we can be flexible now. Yeah. Right. Ooh. Right, when you're starved for neurotransmitters though, you know, it does, you know, even, even neurology becomes a scarcity issue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and so now I feel like the fluidity of what my brain can manage, um, I think it wasn't until I did that, that I was really able to really experience the witness. Like we talk about the witness and like right. the one who watches right. like, right. and like now I can, I am much more capable of sitting and being like, Oh, there is something in me. And she wants to play out this particular behavior because she's in the habit of it. Yeah. Well, you can't, you can't do that if you're also you know, fighting against existential dread yeah. and survival, yeah. you know, cause that's when the ego takes over. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're dominated by ego, yeah. you know, because you, you it's, it's cause not, not like ego and like, Oh, get rid of ego kind of thing. But like ego serves us well and keeps us safe. And if we live every day of our lives in existential dread, ego is going to dominate, Yep. you know, and it's like, you don't have, there's no room left yeah. to witness Right. If you're running from the tiger all the time. Right. You know? Or, you know, with my own personal like breed of things, like for me, it's rumination. Like there's no, there's no space to see anything else because we're on loop about something. Right. And that loop, right. you know, it's like, you know, it's like a record that's stuck. Right. right? Like there's no, there's no room to hear anything else because you just have to stay on the, <sighs> Yeah. It's sounds terrible. hard. Yeah, it sounds it's hard. It's terrible. It sounds hard. Um, and, but I mean, for me, I mean, how often do we really sit down and ask like, so this is what it's like to be in my brain. Is this what it's like to be in your brain? <laughs> yeah, that's not a conversation that happens often with or without tea. Yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. but wouldn't that be a great conversation to, to have over tea though? Yeah. What's it like to be in your brain? Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's a scary conversation. I can have it now. Um, yeah. but <laughs> the answers can be funny for me. It's more of a vast emptiness, right? <laughs> well, and I <laughs> a used vast landscape of not much going on most of the time, you know, it's, uh, I mean, and that's funny because I used to, I used to think you, my dear, dear friend were wholesale lying to me mm. when I would be like, well, what do you think about that? And you would be like, I didn't. I and I would be like, bullshit, you are a liar. Um, cause I hadn't, I overthought maybe that's unkind, but because thinking was how I controlled and comforted myself. Right. Um, right. or so I thought, um, and so the idea of, well, what do you mean you haven't replayed that conversation we had yesterday 35 times in your head and thought about everything that I possibly could have meant when we had, like... I didn't replay it once in my head. Yeah. Well, but I don't replay conversations. Like, yeah, now I'm once, just like, you know? I showed up, and that's how I showed up, and that's how that went. Yeah, but I think it's also important really to to mention again, this is not like some decision you made. No. Right. I mean, it's not like you, you know what, I'm gonna stop doing that and everything is fine, right? Your brain needed more serotonins to be able to 
to do that. So everybody, everybody has sort of a different approach to that. You know, so I didn't, I didn't have the serotonin, low no. serotonin, you know, concerns that were hurting me. Um, my, my transition was a little more subtle or sudden, I think just because for me, I just had to get shocked into it. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, when things get bad enough, you'll come around. It's, it's sort of, <laughs> it's yeah. sort of how it went for me. You know, um, it was, it was more of a clinging on for, you know, just pure airy stubbornness, right. you know, than, than anything else. And my brain was totally able to do it. But, um, I think in, for, in my case, it took me 28, whatever years to do it because when you're growing up in a white Midwestern middle-class town, you know, you're not exposed in the, in the 1970s, 80s, 90s, you're not exposed to the diversity of uh, thought and mm-hmm. perspective yeah. that um, could give one the impression that that was even something that could happen. Right. You know, maybe you accidentally went down the wrong aisle to the library and ended up in the spirituality section mm-hmm. and saw a copy of the Dhammapada sitting on the shelf and you said, what's that about? You know, maybe. But I mean, there was not, you know, there was not YouTube and no. podcasts and, and all the resources available, especially. I mean, there yeah. might there might have been something equivalent in some of the bigger cities, but sure shit not in St. Louis in the 1980s. Right. So, um, yeah. So, I yeah. mean, I... so. The, the the experiences that we both have with this, uh, this transition that we made are very different because we're different people with different brains and different experiences and different histories. Right. So there's no reason why yours, dear listener, has to look anything like mine or like Sherry's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, you sort of got to, and you know, the Buddha said this clearly, you sort of got to find your own way yeah. to it. But that finding your own way starts with awareness and, and honesty of your own experience that you're having. Yeah. And who you are and what you got. Well, and I would add that both of our ways, even though they look very different, to be clear, they both required work. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, for um, sure. And, you know, even with the fact that, like, you know, I take an antidepressant, sure. But it's not like I took that one day and then all of a sudden blue Pain, skies are fine. and yeah. singing birds. Like, that, for me, that was the final step in a lot of ways. Before that was years of therapy before that was a hell of a lot of meditation, you know, you know, a lot of personal discernment work, a ton of, you know, I I mean, I spent a lot of time reading for the answer, right? Like, Oh yeah. Oh, so did I, you know, um, I still do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just like, I I still do that. Right. Exactly. Um, so it was a lot of research. It was a lot of reading. It was a lot of meditation. It was a lot of therapy, And then the conclusion was, you're doing so well, and there's a level of support that you could still use. Right. Um, Right. And so, like, even just coming to understand that, like, it's all a journey. Um, But you're right. Like, what my journey looks like versus what my husband's, versus what your wife, like, we all have to find our own kind of way. But I think... I think like getting to this point where like I fully believe like there is something in the universe loves you and wants you to be happy. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, And the more that I see the universe for what it is versus what what humans try to impose on it, the more that I see like the universe really just is is what it is and it wants you to be happy and 
Um, that's because you are the universe. You are a part yeah. of it. You are of it. You know, um, if, if you want, if, if you love yourself and want you to be happy, then that, and there, therein lies the universe. Yeah. Right. You know, um, we think, we think that we live in the universe, whereas the universe actually lives in us, you know, and we are, and we make the universe every day when we wake up and do something, um, or when we wake up and do nothing, you know, um, it sort of bends to, bends to whatever we, however we see it and yeah. whatever we make of it. And, uh, talk about something, a shift that where you take the reins in your own hands. It's like, you are making your universe every day, uh-huh. I think, um, and uh, so it's 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 like uh, you can you can work on your reflexes all day long, and you can work on your fitness and your driving skills as good as you can, you know. And if you're driving a beat up 1967 Volkswagen Beetle in the Indy 500, you're probably not going to win, right? So it's, it's like true. maybe it's time to get a different car. It's like maybe I need different shoes to run this race. Maybe I need um, some outside supplemental assistance here to to get to where I need to need to be in order to really pull the pin on this. Yeah. You know, and, um, yeah, that's not, it, it's nothing to be ashamed of to, to ask for that mm-hmm. or to pursue that. I think, you know, um, we know a lot about how the body works and what the body needs in order to fully embody itself, you know, to live a full life. And to to not embrace those, I mean, there's so much shame still around mental health, and mm-hmm. you know, oh, I got prescribed an antidote, you know, and, oh, yeah. you, and I, mean, I don't even do it, you know. It's like I'm, you know, blissfully free of of these things, you know. But I see so many students all the time. I see so many adults all the time, you know, just sort of, you know, feeling this shame of getting help. Yeah. You know, for depression and anxiety and whatever. And it's like, dude. Yeah. Dude, it's hard out there, you know? Well, and I mean, I mean, even for me, like it, I mean, it took a lot for me to get to that point. And, you know, you probably remember like having the conversation of like, okay, here's the medicine. What is it going to do to me? Explain it to me like I'm five. Right, right. Um, but a part of that is because I don't think we we talk like honestly and openly enough about yeah. the fact that, you know, I when we talked about it, right, like you're on medications and yeah. I don't think like, oh, Paul's broken because he has to right, take a medicine. Right, right, right. Right. But I diagnose myself as broken because I have to take yeah. a medicine um, to help my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my cardiovascular system just likes to maintain a higher pressure than... Uh, <laughs> is healthy in the long term, yeah. left to its own decisions. You know. Yeah. So you give it a little support. Give it a little support. Relax, yeah. dude. Is what I tell my arteries every day. Relax, yo. Chill out. Chill out. Yeah. Chill out. Chill out. But I mean, whatever. We're just having a cup of tea. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all starts with tea. tea. It all starts with tea. Mm. And uh, so when when you don't know what else to do. Right. Sit down and have a cup of tea and see what happens with curiosity. Yeah. You know, rather than engineering. Well, and this is why yeah. I think in the end, like, take yourself to tea. Yeah. Find out what's right. happening in there. Right. And see what happens. Yep. See I what guarantee happens. something will happen. You know what happens after a period of drinking tea? Yes. Would you like to the share bi- one? The biological needs become more 
forthcomingly dominant in the in the mindset. Yes, and I think that that need is going to make this podcast in sooner rather than well, later. Well, it's a good time. It's a good time to wrap it up. So it we'll let these people get back to their, what is this, episode 103? 103. Whoop, whoop. Um, so your homework for this week is to have some tea. Drink some tea. I signed that as a homework assignment for my class. Did you? Yeah, sit down and drink a cup of tea and for about 10, 15 minutes and tell me what happens. Nice. I like it. Love it. Cool. Cool. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks, Paul. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next week. And uh, have a lovely day and have some tea. Have a beautiful day. Bye. See you, everybody. <laughs>